Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Hi, I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're your hosts from beyondstorybrook.com. And we're here to discuss episode 7 of Once Upon a Time entitled The Snow Queen, which aired November 9th. And to kick off this episode right, let's do our recap. We finally see the Snow Queen's past and are introduced to her sisters, Helga and Gerda, who turns out to be Anna and Elsa's mom. The Snow Queen discovers her magic at a young age where her sisters support her and make a pact with ribbons. As they get older, the Snow Queen wants to leave the kingdom, but instead goes to Rumpel to have him help her control her magic. He gives the Snow Queen gloves and an urn to be used as a failsafe. The Snow Queen accidentally kills Helga and Gerda uses the urn on her. Gerda then goes back to the Rock Troll to cast a spell that erases the memories of all the realm. Back in Storybrooke, the Snow Queen is captured, but it was a setup so that she can be alone with Emma. They discuss family and the Snow Queen gets under Emma's skin, which unleashes a power she can't control. After nearly hurting David, she runs away. The Snow Queen heads to Rumpel's pawn shop where she wants to make a deal to get her ribbons back. I don't know about you, Addie, but this episode was one of the best ones this season. Quite intense, and there's a lot to cover. Very crucial to what's going on in the storyline for this season. But first of all, let's give a couple thank yous. Surprise! We want to thank you for participating in our Facebook group, Beyond Storybrook. We got a lot of good theories out there, a lot of feedback, a lot of questions brewing on what's to come. And big shout out to Crystal Gonzalez and Eliana Harris. Yeah, uh, Crystal gave us some feedback that came right before the latest episode, of, which is named The Snow Queen. So maybe take this time to read that and we'll dive into it as we go. This time around here on Beyond Storybrook, we're going to do the feedback a little differently because there is so much going on, we have a lot of feedback. We wanted to incorporate the feedback as we touch these topics. We want to make you really a part of the show and just bringing that commentary, those theories, everything that you guys are sending in, we're just going to bring it into the show instead of just kind of saying it all in the beginning and having you guys wait for us to comment on the subjects you guys are discussing. So we're going to incorporate all of the uh, comments within every subject that we talk about. Before we dive into Crystal's feedback, let's give a shout out to Daniel as well. Yeah, Daniel very kindly submitted uh, some feedback to us. And I'll go ahead and just read the email. He said, hi, Addie and Trina. I've been working on the family tree since the season three finale. It's still incomplete, and I'm sure there will be much more to add by the end of the season. Marriages, blood relations, romantic relationships, and foster families are all shown on the tree. It's pretty cool. If you or any of the listeners had a Lucid Chart account, I would be happy to turn this into a collaborative project. Love the podcast. Thanks, Daniel. That sounds like a good idea. We're definitely going to collaborate with you, Daniel. We're trying to work something out on our email. So just hang in tight and we'll contact you very quickly. 
I gave the challenge to Trina last episode that we need to have a family tree put together by the end of this season. So you stepping up to the game, we're all in. So let's do this. We just need to get that account set up. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I haven't looked into it yet. Yeah, I've never heard of it. So let's get it. Okay, so let's go into what Crystal had to say on Facebook. Crystal writes, Hi, I want to start off by say, saying that I stumbled upon your podcast and loved your discussions. Your theories have opened up so many ideas I hadn't thought of. That being said, I have a few theories of my own. From what I know, the Snow Queen is actually from the original Hans Christian Andersen book in which Frozen was based off. I think that that story could give us a lot of clues as to what might happen. As for the sisters, perhaps the third sister also had a power which caused the Snow Queen to be jealous. Or maybe she despised the Snow Queen and sought to end her power. This could have resulted in two sisters at war and maybe the third sister hurt or banished. Maybe Anna and Elsa's mother trapped the Snow Queen in hopes of stopping her before she turned too evil, which leads us to her fear of Elsa's power. If she was journeying to find Rumpelstiltskin and hoping to capture power, maybe it was actually for her to take away the Snow Queen's power as well as her daughter's, since she feared Elsa would become like her sister. This leads the Snow Queen to want family with similar powers who understand her. But both Emma and Elsa fight against her because one won't be controlled and the other has a bond with her sister that cannot be broken. Crystal, those are some great theories. Yeah, I definitely agreed with you until I watched last night's episode, which threw everything out the window. We definitely should look into the Han story. I didn't know that. Yes, we should look that up. I, I definitely wanted to look into that. Crystal, thank you for this awesome, awesome deep dive into some theories. Certainly got the brain rolling on some, some of this going. But let's go ahead and move on forward with what actually happened on the story so we can tie it back to your feedback because... I, as Trina mentioned, I kind of believed it. And then things started to reveal itself. It's like, oh, okay, this starts to make sense. But, you know, your theory rocked. So thank you for taking the time to head over to our Facebook group, Beyond Storybrook, and chiming in makes it all the better. Yeah, we love hearing, we love hearing from you. Now we could dive in really deep, the meaty stuff of this story on this episode. But let's go ahead and talk about Robin, Regina, and Marianne, and Will. And to kick off this discussion, let's go ahead and read some feedback Jenny went on ahead and submitted to us. Jenny writes, Hi, Addie and Trina, new listener here. In your latest podcast, you wondered why they didn't have Roland kiss Marianne. Well, I think for it to be able to break the curse, it must be true love. But Roland barely knows his mother. According to Adam's Twitter, Marianne died when he was still a baby. He didn't know who she was until Robin called her name in the season three finale. Roland and Marion didn't have enough time to form a bond yet. It's either Robin really truly falls back in love with her, or that's it. Because Jenny does remind us something very important, that there was no actual bond there. And all this time I was thinking, why don't they try the sun? Why don't they try the sun? And she's he doesn't right. Know, yeah. He doesn't know his mom, so how can he truly love her? Again, destiny. That's all I'm going to keep going to. It's her time to go, and it's tough because... Technically, she still is alive if, you know, as long as her heart's not frozen. So what's going to happen to Marion? That's a question that's lingering throughout all these episodes. And poor lady is just frozen right now. She could be smashed, really, technically. Somebody could just go over there and get rid of her and smash her up. Yeah, who's protecting her body? 
Last we saw was in in it was in a tomb. Was that where it was? No, I thought they were on Regina's couch or the mayor's office. Wonder if she's still there. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen that body. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, you got to protect that if anybody acts out of rage in Regina. I don't know. So, we'll see. And we have another piece of feedback that ties into this storyline from Chris Tipton. Chris writes, holy snot, I'm so proud of Regina. I feel like she's almost Snow's level of good. She deserves Robin's choice, but it's still sort of jacked up of Robin. Today's not the day I follow my code. Okay, dude, I suppose he can blame it on him being imbued with much dark liquor. Credit for that goes to Daniel Lewis from Once Podcast. I can't take credit for his genius. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it was really the drinking. I don't know if he will really say or blame it on the drinking, but... It it ties back to him trying to find some, I, I guess, approval from somebody to say, hey, when you love somebody, you really go for it. And he got that approval from Will. They were sitting at the bar, they're talking, and he's telling him, and Will thinks it's all about Marianne, that, that it's their troubled marriage, and he's kind of losing faith in her reviving her life again. So he's kind of giving her, him that approval, like, hey, hang in there, fight. Remember when you love somebody, you will you will fight the good fight. You will not give up no matter what. And that's when Robin, he even asked him, you believe that after everything? And he says, yes, of course. So that kind of fuels his actions leading up to just kind of throwing that all out the window. And I thought that was kind of corny too. <laughs> but So I like that conversation that Will and Robin had though in, in the diner. Uh, Will throws a lot of good quotes out there, and it could, what he says can go either way. It could be towards Mary, and it could be towards Regina. And right now, Robin is stuck with a conflicted heart of obligation or true love. And I agree with Chris. I mean, big props to Regina. I mean, that's a true sacrifice for letting somebody you truly love go, as well as, you know, her happy ending is gone. But with the conversation in the diner, I mean, Will has some of the quotes that Will has is when you, the reason why Marion fell in love with Robin. Robin, she told Will that when you see the good in someone, you don't give up on them, even though they don't believe it themselves. In Robin's eyes, Marion made him who he was. But just looking at that quote, I mean, that could pertain to Regina as well. I think he's thinking about Regina the whole time. Absolutely. He's troubled by what to do because he loves Regina. He's head over heels in love with Regina, but is really stuck with, hey, but I still have to save the mother of my child. I can't kill somebody that I love so much that things are all different now. That's his dilemma in this whole situation. And Will says again, you know, sometimes when you win, you lose. Here Robin is. He fell in love again. And lo and behold, Marion comes back. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be that way at all. Right. But going to the origin of their story, they were destined to be together from the beginning. Tinkerbell went on ahead and confirmed that. He still has a tattoo. We'll just have to see how this storyline plays out. But another thing that Chris brought up, was he asked Will what happened to Anastasia and he just gave no answer at all. So another mystery, of course. Yeah, that's still, he's still on the journey of trying to find himself on that. He's depressed about that. Right. So the feedback we got to a little bit background of Will, 
we know that he ends up with Red Queen, who turns out to be the White Queen, which makes him the White King. But somewhere along the way, they lost each other. I think that's where this story picks up. He's trying to find her again. You know what I think is that when the whole Queen story, the Snow Queen story, starts to fade down, fade out a little bit, that's when this storyline's going to come in. I think right now there's too much going on. And as we saw in this episode, it came out pretty cool, pretty awesome. Awesome storyline is is revealing in front of us. So I think this is not the time where they're going to bring in any of that. It's just, I think when that fades out, then maybe that comes in. Yeah, there's a lot of backstories going on too. I mean, you have Regina who's really not intertwined with all the other characters. Her no. her storyline right now is trying to find the creator or the writer of the book. Yeah, which is kind of, you have Henry doing his investigation and Rumpel is still not giving in. He's too smart. He knows people's intentions. So I think he's probably getting a feel from Henry, but not too strong, saying, oh, he's just a kid. I can't trust him with all of these powerful belongings because that store is full of powerful belongings. And he can't just say, yeah, sure, go ahead and polish that. If you drop it, it's okay. You never know what's going to happen with any of that stuff. So, You like how he uh, he tells Henry, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, give you a potion that makes old things new. <laughs> yeah, Chris brought that up too, but you just tricked him. And <laughs> y- you kind of think like, well, what's in that bottle? Because right. it looks very mysterious, right. but it's just furniture polish. And like, and like Chris says, you know, it's, of course it's a black cat polish. Right. <laughs> now let me just quickly mention that if you want to be part of the show by sending us your feedback, your emails, being part of the group on our Facebook group, just head over to beyondstorybrook.com. We're brought to you by Golden Spiral Media, a very huge fan-based podcast network where not only Beyond Storybrook's there, but Gotham, uh, also Arrow Squad, you name it, some really top other fan podcasts are all under the umbrella of goldenspiralmedia.com. Now let's get down to business. Let's dive into where it all starts. And that is with the Snow Queen, Emma, and Elsa. Chris writes, Ingrid using Emma's jealousy about her brother and uncertainty about her parents to set her powers off. She's so wickedly twisted. Even though I get her somewhat now, she's still cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Her look when Emma blew out the wall was priceless. She looked completely bat crap insane in that scene. I've been saying all along she'll become the best villain yet, and I really feel vindicated after this episode. Elizabeth Mitchell is so talented. Why does she want her ribbons back? What did she tell Rumpel that he could have been so gleeful to have to do? Chris, I'm going to have to agree. She is becoming one of the best villains on this show. She's well written out. And I love how all her, it was a whole trap, just a complete trap to get to Emma. Have that time, that one-on-one time where there's no parents around. There's no boyfriend around, Hook. There's no Elsa around. It's just Mm -hmm. her and Emma. And she knew that if she had that time with Emma, she can really drill into her self-doubt, jealousy, and even the little uh, just anger, really. All of those combined became a part of anger where she she became infuriated about the whole situation, something that she's never really had had any trouble with until... She had that chance to sit down, talk to the Snow Queen, which should have been an investigation of where's Elsa? (laughs) What are your plans? Let's get down to it. And none of that, none of that happened because 
Emma let the Snow Queen into her heart, into her brain, and really injected that poison. Yeah, she definitely played Emma very well. You know, she was standing, when Elsa was in the room, she was telling her, be strong, don't let her get to you. Once she left the room, she (laughs) became a very weak one. Became very weak, but... The Snow Queen knew what to tap into. And it's funny that she did that because earlier that day, we see Emma with Snow White. Mm-hmm. And you can you can see she was a little bit jealous about her being a first-time parent and all. Snow White got offended, but it's kind of true. She never was a parent to Emma at all. Now, my question is, when you know how before she goes to see her mom to do her babysitting duty, they were practicing with the candle. Is that candle what unleashed her not to control her powers or is it just a built up of this these feelings she's starting to have when she was with elsa yeah remember they tried the candle once that candle was to trap the snow queen but you don't think that's when because this is the first time she cannot control her power right because the snow queen gave her you know put raised that doubt in her in her mind that once her family knew who she really was they won't accept her and because with her and also with Elsa, they were both kind of felt different and outcasted by their family. While here, Emma's saying that she's accepted, they accept her. But as, you know, as their conversation goes... Now that you mention that, it's actually not the Snow Queen who started that. It was just the kind of slight, I don't know, side of comment that Elsa made. She said, doesn't your family... I think she said, yeah, I feel weird when my family used to look at me that way. And then right. she says, well, I never got that. And she just says, you're lucky. So I think right. that was the first seed. And then you have the Snow Queen who watered it, even though she's snow, <laughs> but she watered that that seed more. And that's when you know she kind of gets jealous and the bottle starts to boil. And you know, give it up to <laughs> Snow White. She's not even supportive. She gets very scared of her. She kind of right. gets standoffish. She kind of pulls her baby away from her. Yeah. Like you're, you know, the word that they used throughout this whole episode was you're a monster. And that's pretty much what Snow White said with her expression. You're a monster. Like, I can't let you handle my baby. And, you know, saved by the phone call, you're leaving. <laughs> and we see that same look later on as well. Yeah. She fells her twice. <laughs> and she knew it too. <laughs> but she says, we failed her, Dave. <laughs> or yeah, David, we failed our daughter. I think. I think we both said, no, you did. Right. You had the chance, but you're the one who looked at her as if she's a monster. And then when she blew down the wall, you also gave her that look like, who are you? She even yelled at her. Right. Not supportive, not not helping. And again, it all goes in line with what the Snow Queen just planted in her head. What do you think about this whole backstory? Just looking at it from the bigger picture. We have Emma who's rejected and refused to accept this type of life. She finally does. Her powers start to get stronger. She's feeling really good about herself, really confident. She really believes that she's going to help Storybrooke. She's going to help everybody in there. She's the savior. She's now that, yes, you know, Emma's finally become that person that they all need. Snow Queen comes along, and now she rejects that power. She hates that she has it. She's enraged. And now there's no support when this happens. She pushes it away. It's kind of, she quickly came out of her shell and she just climbs back up. Again, that's the doubt that's seeping in her head. And everything, what the Snow Queen was saying, just falls in line with all the events that are happening. 
Yeah, because like Elsa and like the Queen know, they've all experienced some type of form of the self-doubt, the, the weird looks. They've all felt it. So it's easy for her to kind of inject that into her brain and say, you know what, I, I know how you're feeling. And that's when you have Emma rejecting every bit of it until she gets angry. She says, you don't know me. And how, how can you be so proud of me when you don't, you don't know who I am? I'm not related to you. We're not family. She kept rejecting and rejecting. When she got angry, she kind of gave that, oh, wow, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Don't you get the impression, too, that she's way more powerful than the Snow Queen if she knew how to unleash it and control it? Definitely. I think that's why she has that title as, as they've always the branded her as the savior. She's very, I think she's a lot powerful, maybe even more than Regina. God, oh, I maybe. agree. I'm thinking that, but we never know. It's all untapped with her. We don't know, we don't know what she has yet to, to do. I, I wonder if the, the best way to overcome the Snow Queen is going to be all up to Emma's powers. Probably, probably a combination of both Emma and Elsa. And when we look back at Ingrid's past, it's a lot, a lot of similarities with Elsa as well. It, it's almost as if we were watching Elsa back then. Yeah, just with an additional sister. But yeah, some very sad story there that we can dive in pretty soon. One more thing before we move on. Where the heck did Aurora and is that Ashley Cinder? I don't know who that is. Come, they just came out of nowhere in the baby group, or whatever they were, whatever the Snow White was at. Yeah, it was a uh, the first mother's, I don't know, training facility, and all of a sudden you see them there, and I can't even think of what happened last with those two. I don't even remember if like Aurora came back and through the through the portal. I don't remember that at all. No biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This just uh, they've been living here all this time. It's okay. Yeah. One thing, too, also, I just remembered. You notice that Emma doesn't call David and doesn't call Snow White and Prince Charming Mom and Dad. She refers them by their name, Mary, Margaret, and David. You know what I was trying to determine? If she has always referred to them that way or she's called them Dad. Hasn't she called him Dad before? One time. It was like, yeah, one time um, she's called them Dad and Mom, but that was it ever since then. It's always Marianne. And David. No, Mary Margaret. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up with all these M names. <laughs> now let's go back to the past where we see how Ingrid, aka the Snow Queen, came to be. We see that they're playing, and this is where I thought the story where they disappeared, and it's actually not. No. This yeah. is when the sisters first discover that Ingrid has powers. And she quickly got scared. She thought her sisters would will turn their back on her, but they don't. They bond together and, and specifically the youngest child, right? Gerda. Gerda. Was it Gerda? It was Gerda. Yeah, Gerda's the youngest. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Gerda, the very supportive in the beginning, says, we got your back. You know, we'll always protect you. That's what sisters are for. Nothing can come between our love. And at that point, they say, we'll never call you a monster we'll never look at you like as a monster yeah so they gave that that's where that bond started when it came to the the fact of her powers they used the yellow ribbon to kind of bond them together to ensure you know just to let them know hey i got you know i support you i got your back Mm -hmm. before we move forward let's dive into chris's feedback chris writes 
Holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. What an episode. Ingrid and her sisters were very cute together. I'm glad Helga isn't related to anyone or anyone we know. <coughs> Belle's mom. Once again, we see someone go to Rumple and it ends badly. I really love how the progression of their story made sense and the tragic end to it really makes me sympathize with Ingrid more. It kind of surprised me that Gerda trapped Ingrid in the urn. I thought their love was stronger than that, but I can see it given the horrific circumstances. I found it fascinating how this was almost a fanfic of how Frozen could have turned out. Is it just me or did Helga look nothing like Emma? Did they forget that point? (laughs) That's true. It seems like they did forget that point or continuity was lost. Yeah, that that didn't happen at all. But, okay, let's go back to the beginning of this. You see Ingrid really try hard, again, like Elsa, really trying hard to not let these powers show because she cannot control them. That's the main problem. I'm being accepted by those that love me, and I have their support. The only problem is I don't know how to control it. So this is where Elsa and Ingrid always needed the help. Yeah, and at least Ingrid had the support of her two sisters. Elsa, you know, kind of shut her younger sister out. And this story ties to that because her mom, along with her dad, said, hey, no one should know this, not even your sister, because she didn't want the same tragedy to happen. And that's what leads their parents to go on that journey. But thanks to her mom, because of her past experience, it deprived Elsa's relationship with her sister from the beginning to have that support that Ingrid had to begin with. Right. But let's rewind a little bit. Like you said something. Her mom went to the rock troll to get all their memories erased. So would she remember that she had a sister that had ice magic as well? I think they were just scared of her and they didn't know what to do with her. So you think that the rock troll even erased her Right. I think that's what she wanted. She wanted everybody's I think that's from what I gathered. You know, what's interesting is that why didn't she just go to her parents and say, hey, this is what happened, but we need to go talk to the rock trolls. I don't know. I just felt that that was such a sad story. You feel so bad for what happens to the sister. You sympathize with Ingrid here. Mm -hmm. And you really feel bad for her. It's again, almost along the lines of every villain. You kind of feel sorry for them at one point. All it was because... The Duke was being a jerk. Oh, from and, Weaselton? Yeah. Weaselton? Weaselton? <laughs> Pronounce Weaselton. Weaselton, whatever. Let's see, I can't even say it. But and you have this whole dilemma here. And out of trying to protect both of them, she actually she accidentally kills her sister. And, and I was that, like, don't touch her. <laughs> she uh, breaks apart. Yeah. Again, because she doesn't even know her powers completely. Yeah, she didn't even know how to control it. She doesn't know how to bring her back. And... And at that point, we're like, kiss her. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they would know, but... And that's that middle sister, I kind of feel like... Helga, I kind of feel... She was more supportive mm-hmm. of Ingrid as they grew older. She was kind of the... I want to say the glue that kept all of them together. She kept reminding them. But you know what? As much as it's a sad story, I think that if she had not traded the the bracelets the ribbons with um, Rumple. this event may have not had happened because let's go to something very specifically that Rumpelstiltskin brings up. <laughs> yeah. He specifically says, why do you need me when you already have everything you need? And that n- number one 
essence is love. You have that love and support from your family. There's no nothing greater than that. So he's already say, saying, hey, get out of here. You don't need me. Just leave. But she insisted. And she even she even put on the line and, and kind of turned her back on her sisters. She turned her back on her sisters because she was so desperate. Again, we see what happens when people are desperate and they're willing to pay the price. And in this case, you had Ingrid pay the price of her sister's death. And all she needed, the running theme again, is having faith and believing. And she didn't believe that those ribbons or their love will help her and help her control her powers. Rumple pretty much says, okay, if you insist, <laughs> I want those ribbons. And they, they even get shocked. Like, why do you... She tries to trick him and say, you don't need these ribbons. They're nothing. It's just material. But he knows. He knows. No, nope. those have a sentimental value. They Because you've injected that sentimental value... They now possess powers. So I want them in return. And this will come back right at the end of this episode. I really like the quote that he he said, though, about the when he's trying to explain those ribbons, like you said, you know, it's uh, with enough love, ordinary objects can possess magic of their own pretty much. So the irony lies with Gerda. She's the person who's been there from the beginning. She's the person who leads them to Rumpelstiltskin which changes their whole storyline. She's also the first person to go to Ingrid and say, you're a monster. She's the same person who traps her into the, the urn. Mm-hmm. She's also the same one who keeps the gloves to give to her daughter. I think this role effect of Gerda is so strong. Pivotal, pivotal. She's very pivotal. Every, everything that she has done, and it's funny when she went to the rock troll and said, you know, this is really strong magic if you want to erase the memories of the realm. And it comes with, a, a, like, again, the same theme. All magic comes with a price. So I'm wondering if the price that she had to pay was that her firstborn has the same ice magic as her sister. Mm, yeah, that and her life. Because she went out to go seek Stilskin again, and now she's dead. Which mm. now I have to rewind my thought that I had asked you or posed to you was, do you think her memories were erased? Yeah, I don't know. Because I thought she was erasing everybody, including herself, because she wanted to forget the whole thing as well. Okay, going back to her talking to the troll, she didn't even tell the story to the troll. No. Do you think the troll could have done something about that situation instead of just saying, because she said it's just too, too much to even talk about right now. So he doesn't even know. But doesn't he explain to Anna that there's a third sister? So, yeah, he does. He does say there was three sisters. They went out to play. So I'm wondering if... Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, they went out to play and then they don't know what happened. Something tragic happens. He doesn't even know. That's right. I thought he did know, but because like, we saw this specific scene, we now know he, he didn't even know. So yeah. it's very twisted how this kind of all comes together from Gerda. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But that's, it just kind of ties in ironically. Now it's our game changer moment. Hi, this is Justina calling in for Beyond Storybrooke. I really enjoyed last night's episode. I give it 8 out of 10 wise rock trolls. I have a theory regarding the three yellow ribbons. The Snow Queen now has her yellow ribbons back from Rumpelstiltskin. 
and they told us that the yellow ribbons are imbued with a very strong magic of three sisters' love. So I'm wondering, since the Snow Queen wants Elsa and Emma to be her family so that she has three sisters again, would tying those ribbons around their wrist make them love her and be loyal to her because of the love and loyalty imbued in the ribbon. So it would artificially make them feel like they love her. Thank you for the podcast. Have a magical week. Justina, I like where you're going because that's the theory that I thought of when we saw the Snow Queen with Rumple trying to make a deal for those ribbons. So the big question is why does she want those ribbons? Why does she want those ribbons? Again, it ties to that moment when they first go see all the sisters. They go visit Rumpelstiltskin to help with Ingrid's powers. And he says, "You, they possess powers already. They're magical. And then flipping back to present day in Storybrooke where they're negotiating this deal, she, he says, you now understand what I was telling you so long ago. You should have listened then, but now you have to pay up some goods. Right. It was all in those ribbons and all they had to do was believe. And that's pretty much what Rumpel was trying to say, which is funny. He says things kind of in an off, not offshoot way, but you got to really dig in and dig deep. But I think at that point when they first saw each other, when they went to go make the deal. She's just desperate. Yeah, absolutely. And young, naive, doesn't know any better. And I think that's what happens to a lot of Rumpel's victims, Mm -hmm. so to speak. He gets them very young and naive. And desperate. And he tries to tell them, he kind of always fair warns them, but they never really pay attention. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like you said, he doesn't really say, hey, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Are you sure? He doesn't entice them that way. He just says, hey, you have the power, but okay, go ahead. You're just wasting (laughs) your time. You're giving giving me more power by doing so. So let me go into the main message of this episode. And that was... Just be true to yourself and those that love you and all will be okay. That's all you need is love and support. But that all comes from you first. When you don't believe in yourself, that's when everything just falls apart, including those that love you. Right. And you're right, Eddie. You see this throughout the whole episode. The self-doubt that you get and not believing in yourself, you see it diminish diminish and in everything. Right. And you see that with Emma, that happens to Emma. Mm -hmm. That's very key to what happened to Elsa. It's very key to what happened to Ingrid. And just about any story that's appeared on Once Upon a Time, it comes from the problems all stem up from self-doubt, self-fear. And because you get so desperate for answers, for a quick fix, you kind of just go down a spiral Mm -hmm. of what Rumpel has to offer, what magic has to offer. It all comes with a price. So there you go. You you have to pay for that. Let's go back real quick to the deal that's being made at the end. We know that the Snow Queen wants the ribbons. And my theory is similar to Justina's, is that she's going to use it on Elsa and Emma to bond the three of them together to thinking that they're family. But Rumpel also needs something in order for something for that sorcerer's hat. And of course, we're all left clueless again. Because mm-hmm. they whisper. 
<laughs> but whatever it is, it will give him great pleasure. Like Chris said, it'll give him great pleasure to do. So any theories out there or any theory on what it can possibly be? Yeah, I mean, a part of me is, is obviously getting rid of somebody that he doesn't really get along with, but I think that would be too easy. So my first instinct was to get the heart of Regina. But why? There's no current villain. There's no current, there's nothing eating away to him other than what she brings up to him is you've always wanted to not be under the control of the dagger and you always want what I want. And that is everything. So what is it exactly? Because everything is a very pretty broad statement, right? And there's, other than the sword and him having that under, because he, you know, we saw in the last two episodes, Belle turned her back on him. And again, it's kind of stemming up like, who can I trust? Because this dagger is tied to trust, really. They're really killing me with all these secrets. Because I thought we were going to, you know, see what it is exactly. And of course, we're left again in the dark. Hey, they give us two hours next week. That's right. That's a lot. Hopefully they reveal all the questions we have. You never know. Because then another, I think we can mention this, and I think you mentioned it in the group, that Corella DeVille will be coming to Storybrooke, or that she'll be It'll be a teaser. Before the winter break. The winter finale. You think she'll come up in this two-hour special? I don't think so. Probably next month. It's rumored for that character to to show up on the winter finale. Mm, It's like a teaser. So I don't even know if she'll actually be a character. We'll just see like a, who knows, her mink coat or limo or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So can I say that I have a different game changer than what I think most people think it is? Okay. And I think the game changer is the self-doubt in Emma's heart. Ah, I see where you're going with that. I think that that really is the game changer because up until this whole experience, everybody bonded to her. Now you have Ingrid who kind of twists that around and says, they're using you. They're not really using her. It's just... Hey, they're, they believe in her. Mm-hmm. She believes in them. is very mutual. They want to save each other. But because of this injected poison by the queen, you see a whole different side of Emma that we've never seen before. You could even see it in her eyes. Mm-hmm. She was so angry and yeah. scared. Even her, her face. They did such a good yeah. job on changing her whole character's demeanor based on this whole event that happened. So I think that's the huge game changer, is that we don't have the Emma we all know and love. You see her, she starts off confident, and you just see it go downhill from there and completely doubting herself and fearing what she could do. Her powers are stronger than ever, but so is the self-doubt. Right. That's my game changer moment. That is a good game changer. And that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. We'd love for you to continue to send us your feedback, be a part of the Beyond Storybrooke Facebook group, and all of that, just head over to beyondstorybrook.com. That's where you'll find us, the group, and any way to communicate with us. So, And if you're tuning in for the first time to Beyond Storybrooke, all past episodes are at beyondstorybrook.com. 
Until next week. See ya. See ya.